The views expressed in our episodes are ours alone and do not represent any other organizations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Welcome to Catfish Cops. My name is Brandon Poor. And I am Tony Godwin. And Tony's dancing like an idiot over there, like always. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But, and he owns it. That's the good part. Uh, so today, um, we're doing things a little different, right, Tony? We are. We are about to, I guess in about an hour, kick off a live virtual training that we're doing for a bunch of law enforcement and child protective services and CAC members and in the child protection field, essentially. <clears throat> right. So this is a live webinar. So, so this week's episode is going to sound a little different because right. we are presenting live um, to uh, about a thousand or more, oh, I, I guess she said 1400 or something. Yeah. Like a lot of people listening in. Um, and so you're going to, you're going to kind of hear some things. I do want to put out something where you're going to hear us talk about this disclaimer. So we've had a lot of discussion, um, since we began this podcast and, and just right. in the last couple months about how much do we share with our listening audience? Yep. Uh, because we know that there are people out there that are listening from a vast variety of, um, backgrounds and experiences. And so we'd never want to offend you listening with with what we're describing as our case studies but but we also want to <laughs> yeah we want to like prepare you and we want to raise awareness about the field of child exploitation and what offenders do and talk to kids about so or more importantly what they say what they say yeah so some <clears throat> we have so a, you understand that graphic nature of like what we're seeing from our side and which would then mean what kids are seeing yeah so you're going to hear this uh, more and more than in the few in the coming weeks we're going to kind of remind you of this each episode for a little while so that you get used to it but we had a listener who also does what we do in another location and they said they came from yeah. the civilian side and they shared a story with us that that we thought was really powerful but we're going to share that we'll in share a later episode in a later episode but they pointed out that look these predators and offenders are talking to kids in this very graphic way. And if they're already talking to kids this way, you as parents need to know how they're talking to your kids, potentially your kids or other kids out there. And so we're not sharing or talking in this way that we're going to, um, to be graphic or sharing details to be graphic for entertainment's sake. We uh -huh. are, it is entertaining sometimes <coughs> because it's just funny the way they say things, uh, the, the stupid stuff they say, but we are warning you that we're going to be a little more um and i love that the uh we will give the proper uh you know respect to the person that um gave us the comments from uh, another country and so uh it was like capturing the unicorn for me i was like i told you brandon we need to be Tony's a little more been saying we need to be graphic <clears throat> from the start and i've said look uh you know we have listeners who are from all backgrounds and and not everyone wants the graphic details but you're going to get a little more graphic um, yeah. details so 
if you think that might bother you and you can't listen, we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to lose you as a listener. We hope that you'll just understand the reasoning behind it. Um, but without further ado, just uh, enjoy this episode uh, yeah. that is a live webinar. And uh, we'll well, I think we're going to also very quickly before we cut out or the one thing we're going to do on this episode that we have never done is um, we're going to name our actual subject. Yeah, we're teaching a law enforcement, so they're going to hear. You're going to hear. So the you name. will hear that. Um, but we won't do that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Hope you enjoy. So, as we start today's um, story, I want to make sure that uh, everyone can see our um, our presentation. We thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, as we, I think we made a joke before we started that we're kind of like those guys on the Muppets. We sit and make dumb jokes and then yeah. laugh about it. So, um, yeah, not to bore you with this slide. This is, uh, I think, pretty much everything that Lana just read to you guys. <clears throat> but uh, thanks for attending. We appreciate you very much. We uh, we hope you'll gain some something from this uh, case study that Brandon and I have worked jointly on as we get into this. But uh, if there's something that pops up, just throw it in the uh, question section. Like we had somebody said about an echo. If that's still going on, somebody just give us a heads up if that's the case, and maybe we can adjust our our levels or whatnot uh, on our end. So we're going to talk from um, the point of view of conducting online undercover chat operations. Um, and the one that we're going to talk about today is uh, kind of unique because we did it as a joint um, chat operation. So, so let's get started. We're going to. Um, yeah, then we need you. to start here, right? We're going to give you the alert. We're going to give you uh, the explicit content um, warning that we have, because the case study that we're going to talk to you about is going to cover uh, a lot of ground and it's very, very sexually graphic. And so, you know, we, we want to share this with you for a number of reasons. Like we've uh, brought up before how um, those of you who are parents and have your own kids, you know, you want to understand completely the things that are being said to actual kids. And the way that we do these undercover investigations is we pattern them after real cases. We've worked with real victims. And so uh, we're, we're giving you this caveat to let you know that, um, you know, you're going to see and Mostly it's in text. It's nothing, um, you know, picture-wise, image-wise. But uh, from a text standpoint, you're going to really get a glimpse of of reality. <laughs> yeah, so you will not see sexually graphic photos. We've, we've covered those up. But we do want to share. Uh, we did have someone that recently um, reached out to us, and they do what we do in another um, part of the world. And they, they pointed out that like they came from a civilian um, non-law enforcement background and then came into doing what we're doing. And they said when they started talking to offenders, uh, the offenders of course minimized and kind of gave excuses for why they were in custody. But then when they found out the truth of the matter, they were just um, blown out of the water with how graphic and how sexualized the chats were with these predators. Um, and so they suggested that we don't we don't minimize or hide that graphic nature yeah. with some of our the people we're teaching, um, particularly because not to shock you, not for entertainment value necessarily, although it can be entertaining, um, but primarily <laughs> so that you are aware that hey, these guys, these these bad guys are out there actually talking to kids this way. They may be, hopefully not, but they may be talking to your kid this way. Um, so we don't want to 
we don't want to be graphic for graphic sake, but we do want to tell you like, Hey, this is the way they're talking to kids. Yeah. This is what kids are experiencing on the web. So, so buckle up, buckle up. You're going to get, <laughs> if the, you're, if you're offended by bad words on a screen, then this uh, is not this the presentation, you aren't going to want to watch. So, all right. So where it began, well, where all things began on the internet, um, in an app. And this happened to be kick. So when we're chatting in undercover solicitation cases, we're talking, uh, and we're going to hear these, these terms that we throw out a lot, solicitation, enticement. Those are the same. Um, enticement is a solicitation and vice versa. Uh, we're talking about chatting and travelers. That just means that we're talking to a bad guy and they traveled to meet for sex with, with these, um, in these circumstances. So in this case, we were talking on kick. Um, we don't necessarily say an app is better or worse than one other. Pretty much the warning we give out to everyone when we're talking about um, these kind of cases is if a kid can communicate with another person on an application on a phone or, or the computer, it is a place where predators will go to find them. So in this case, it just happened to be kick um, and there is a lot of sexual exploitation of children going on on kick. And in this case, I started this chat as a 13 year old boy. Um, I won't show you the picture of my, our profiles because we're obviously going to protect those. Um, and the, the decoy I use is actually on here listening today. So, uh, kick <laughs> chat rooms were in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So I was in a kick chat room that had to do with the, the Dallas Fort Worth. Um, what happens in kick is you're in groups um, and they can be based on topic. And in this case, it was just a Dallas Fort Worth sexualized or sex around sexual behavior group. Um, and then messages can be sent privately in between user or between two, two users. So um, I got a private message from our offender. And today we're going to use his name. His name is Rob. Um, and Rob texted me um, privately on kick. And so Rob G is his name. And you can see that is his actual profile picture on kick. Uh, and he had this picture of a duck laying on its side with water coming out of the bottom. And I'll let Tony read what it says. Well, it <laughs> says uh, when he gets up, uh, when he gets up to shower and leaves, and you're laying there like the whore you are. So that's what um, was on his profile picture. When Rob G text me on kick, I was a 13 year old boy and his first message to me was, Hey, what's up? And so you'll see some things here, Friday, February 22nd. This was uh, a couple years ago in 2019. So we started talking and the very first thing, even before he knows who I am or how old I am or anything like that, he sends a picture of himself lying naked um, in bed. Well, so, well, something worthy to note here. If uh, you see on the screen underneath this profile picture, it says days on kick 2,173, uh, that should tell you the length of time, obviously, that this person's had the profile on there. And so if, you know, you're a, a parent of a teenager out there, uh, you know, be aware that, you know, there's other things that go on with these online chats and in these groups. And so bots and lots of things get spread around. And so this should tell you with this guy, he's been doing this for quite a while. He's been on this application for at least that long. And that doesn't mean that he wasn't on that before that. It just right. means that this current profile has been on there. But as you can see from the waist up, he's sending me a naked picture right off the bat. Um, and as you can see, the first thing I say is I'm in school. And he says, are you in high school? Yeah, I wish. But instead he asked what grade I'm at. 
And I tell him I'm in the eighth grade so that he knows right up front. I am 13. I am in the eighth grade. Um, and he tells me it's all right. So you were going to use these bitmojis that you're seeing in this presentation <laughs> are actually bitmojis of me and Tony. Tony's looks yeah. remarkably like him, but it's we're true. using these because we don't want to show you some of the pictures of our, our, undercover stuff and things like that, but also because we use these in our chats. In All fact, time. Tony uses these in work chats and private chats. I get a lot of Tony coming through. Yeah, my, my Bitmoji game is on point. So, All right. So I ask how old he is. He asks if I like talking to older guys. You know, I, I mean, we are basing the way we talk to these offenders based on real cases that we've worked, how kids talk. Sometimes kids talk more um, aggressively than even the offenders do, but we sort of take our cue based on real cases that we've worked. So he's a 36-year-old guy talking to now, as he knows, a 13-year-old boy. And that question comes up so fast in every one of these investigations, you know, hey, send me a pic, show me this, show me that. So it's really not uncommon from our perspective of doing these. Now, one thing you may have noticed is the times are on here. The times that you're going to see are all over the place. So people ask us, and when I started this, you know, I asked Tony, like, what is this chatting stuff like? Well, what you should know is it is not the um, fun that you see on To Catch a Predator. No. Um, it is nights and weekends talking to pedophiles and perverts. Yeah. So it is getting pictures, sending, you know, sending our stuff that we have to do. But this is the question that we get most often. Send me a pic. And so these are the pictures that Rob G shared with us. Um, the benefit to these pictures is there are a lot of clues that we use as law enforcement from the pictures that we get. Um, and in these, you can kind of see the backgrounds are just as important as the picture of the person themselves. Um, you can see in one of them, there's a plane in the background. You can see in the other, there's a motorcycle and he's wearing a motorcycle helmet. Um, so we use these things. Well, from the investigative standpoint as well, you know, if there's EXIF data that's contained in the photo, these guys are not rocket scientists. I promise you that. And so when they take this photo and their geolocation services are turned on, whether accidentally or on purpose, uh, you might have some data within the photo itself that might pinpoint exactly where it was taken. And so the one with him on the motorcycle there, you know, could very well be in front of his house, which ultimately it is. is. Yeah. And you'll see this. If you'll notice on the motorcycle picture, that vehicle in the background, the the black SUV vehicle, that comes into play later. So the chats continue, and he starts talking about taking me for a ride on the motorcycle, and maybe we can meet up. So how how quickly these things move forward? Just you know, pay attention to this that. is quick. This is quick, and it's not. Un, in fact, it's very typical in these that they move very quickly to sexualized talk to talking about meetups, yeah. meetings for sex. So when you're when you're looking from an outside perspective as maybe someone who works in the child protection field or if you work with kids in another way, just know like this isn't something that these offenders are are or these predators, we we tend to call them predators when we're talking to people, but these predators are not shy about getting to talk about sex talk, getting to talk about meeting up and what they're going to do. Um, and he's willing to come to you. You know, he says, here, I can come to you. That's very nice. But you can see right off the start, giver. have you done anything sexual before? That is pretty tame for what our guys start talking about pretty early on. Um, but what I was saying earlier about it not being like all, 
you know, TV show style chats, like we're talking on nights and weekends to these guys and they are sending these things at all hours. So it's not unusual for us to be talking at seven in the morning and then again at 11 PM because they're talking to us at all times of the day. So in six hours, 22 minutes and zero seconds, he's asking for pictures. He's talking about taking me for a ride and he's already um, requested to meet in real life. That's how fast we, <laughs> that's how fast we move in these chat cases. Now we don't want to meet someone in 20 minutes of talking to them for a multitude of reasons. What's the benefit of not talking about meeting right up front, Tony? Well, I mean, one, it doesn't create a very good case uh, for us down the road. There are some, those of you that have done undercover investigations, especially with child exploitation, there's rules and we follow the rules uh, and we're very stringent about that. And so certain things we can do or can't do or certain things we can say or not say. And so for us, there's a lot of places around the country that will, you know, take a six hour, 22 minute uh, conversation with the things that have already been said at this point, and they would move on that. And so for us, that's, that's just not our standard practice. We, we are, you know, very disciplined about the guidelines we follow. And, and so for I mean, us, safety wise it too, it's not, yeah. it's not wise of us to meet someone after six hours that we know nothing about. Are they going to be yeah. a safety concern or anything like that? Yeah, we definitely want the advantage on our side. So typically when we go into these, we know who we're dealing with uh, long before any scheduled meeting ever happens. All this, right. Yeah, so this gets a little concerning at some point because, you know, it kind of talks about things, um, you know, talking about having a girl come to his house, but with the caveat, Hey, she's 18. And, uh, but, you know, but they're in high school. And so from the, uh, Brandy can talk about the chat and whatnot, but the, uh, from the perception of, additional victims that really raises a lot of questions for us in our minds about like, Holy smokes, could this really be accurate? Could he really have these high school girls showing up at his house? And if so, are they really 18? And that's always like when, when we talk about these cases with these kind of predators, when they bring up, they are meeting a kid in real life. And now in this one, he says both are 18, but they're in high school. But when they talk about meeting a kid, which they often do, right? We're, oh, yeah. we're talking to people that talk about molesting their own kids sometimes to us. That obviously throws us into um, panic mode and trying to figure out who this is. Are they really accessing kids? So we're very cognizant of those things early on, trying to figure out, is this going to be something we need to move on quicker because they actually have access to a real kid? Um, and obviously, we're dealing with technology, so there's a lot of ins and outs of figuring that kind of stuff out. So we're trying to figure out who are their other victims. Uh, and again, he goes right to the grooming sexualized behavior. So when we talk about grooming, and we talk about grooming a lot, pretty a lot. much every time that we talk about one of these cases, we bring up grooming. Because people are aware that grooming occurs in online, or I'm sorry, in, in, in real life, hands-on cases. Obviously you've heard the term grooming and all that is, is just basically gaining access and trust to a kid, you know, of a kid so that they prevent and minimize the chances of being caught or minimize a disclosure. Um, but in an online case, 
grooming happens the same way. So in, in a hands-on case where we're talking about child sexual abuse, we're seeing grooming take place over um, maybe a period of time. But when you're talking in an online case, the fact that there's some anonymity on the internet, generally we yeah. see, and this is our experience, is these predators actually groom us much faster. So we've been groomed thousands of times in these cases, and it becomes kind of comical to see the pattern start. But this is the way that we start seeing the grooming behavior is they almost always start with talking about sexualized behavior. Have you done anything sexually? And then we go into masturbation questions. Have you, you know, what have you done sexually? Masturbation habits and patterns they ask about. And then they start asking for nude photos or nude videos. And then they start sending nude photos and things like that. So that's kind of a typical grooming pattern. So just because it's an online case doesn't mean that that grooming is not happening. In fact, it's happening often more quickly yeah. um, because we're having it happen right off the start and, and then over and over again. So as we see this offender here says, at times I just want to cock. Um, so he talks about wanting to be um, both with, he likes guy, he likes girls more, but he's also interested in guys. And we mentioned that because he's talking to me as a boy. I'm a 13 year old boy, obviously. So here's where that grooming starts. You know, he asks me right up front, have you played with your ass? And then he starts talking about how I need to stick fingers into my own, um, my own backside so that I can start, you know, experimenting and things like that. So he's already teaching me what I need to be doing. And he says, I started doing that at about 13 years old. And he's just minimizing it to, you know, obviously he's coming across in this chat as a, you know, a curious kind of kid or just, you know, uncertain. And so this is again, just a continuation of the grooming process that he's doing to minimize these sexual acts. And as you can see, but in the period of two hours here, we go from him talking about what he wants to do and then asking me, have you played with your ass? That's we're quoting here um, to two hours later. It goes from him asking that and telling how he does it into what's this next question. An hour later, would you let me suck your cock? Um, and then he says something about I'll suck you till you come. As you say so casually. I, what can you do? <laughs> Um, and he's talking about 69. He's having to explain what that is because obviously I don't know exactly, but he's talking about, and then right there, what if right off the, right off the start, I want to see more pics of you. So he starts asking about pictures and then he asks about, would you let me take them of you? And would you let me video you sucking me? And so, yeah, the importance of that is that, uh, from a federal nexus and a charging standpoint, that is uh, attempted production right there. You know, uh, him asking either you to produce this material or, hey, can I produce this material, um, which is going to be, you know, very sexually graphic. And, you know, for us, that's a like grand slam, right? Uh, those of you prosecutors in here that are um, listening and watching, watching this, you know, for us, that's a 15 year minimum, you know, here to charge federally. So, um because he is essentially asking a child or what he believes is a child to produce or be involved in the production of child sexual abuse material, which is 15 years. Um, and so he starts talking about what he does. We find out that he is a mechanic working on the stealth fighter for a company here that builds jets. 
Um, and so, of course, we're also looking into, is that real? Is there accuracy to that? We start building our intelligence about intelligence about who this is. Um, is he someone that's that's actually in that position or is he just trying to like brag about something? Um, and even if not, someone said, and even if not charged, um, it will be taken consider into consideration. Yes, that's a great point. If you're, if we don't charge them with that production, it's still relevant conduct to the behavior that's going on around the sexualized chat with the, with the child. So we certainly do believe that is relevant to the case, um, which is a great, pretty, <laughs> which is a great, I won't tell that, but that's funny, Dan. Um, and so, he starts asking about where I'm at. I tell him where I'm at. Are you able to take pictures? And he's talking about, and now we're on Friday, March 1st of 2019 at this point. And he says, I, I want to see your cock so bad. I'd love to suck on it. So I know I, Tony's acting all surprised like he hasn't seen these before, <laughs> but he says, um, and here's that graphic part. <laughs> I'd suck on it good and lick all over your balls, even tongue your ass. Um, so obviously we're a few days in and, uh, and he's already telling us all of the sexualized well, stuff that we're going to do. Just, I think it bears mentioning, like I, I know, uh, people on the law enforcement side probably know, but you know, there's so many other things that are in process of doing from an identification standpoint. So while I'm no part of this investigation at any point at this time, um, and but Brandon is, and so with the graphic, you know, messaging that's going on with this guy, the imagery that's being sent, the agreement to meet, wanting to produce, so a lot of things are going on from our perspective uh, as far as legal process, and we have it out and you know trying to get it back so that we can positively identify. Does this guy work for a place that you know works on a very famous uh, aircraft being? you know, produced here in the unit in the U S and if so, like, uh, that's probably somebody with some kind of clearance or whatever. Uh, there's so, a lot going on behind yeah. the scenes. Essentially. I'm not just sitting here talking to him. I am actively looking at things that we we're talking about and we're trying to identify. Um, and there's a little bit of like, okay, I'm going to take some of the answers and, and use them to our advantage. Now, the reason this one becomes a joint investigation, yeah. um, and and so we'll talk about this. There's another one that we're we won't mention specifically, but we have another case where we've done this kind of joint thing where we actually were two boys, um, boy cousins who yeah. met one offender for a joint meetup, um, and that was a successful case. Um, and and that person is also now where they need to be. So. That was sort of, we had done this before. We had probably done this, I think it was already like yeah. a year or so before that we had done At a least, joint investigation yeah. like this. So when this when this predator, Rob, asks this question you're seeing here on the screen, it was the thing that was already in my mind um, that we had done this successfully. So he says, I'd like to get me a young girl, no any slutty ones. <laughs> now, <laughs> so of course, you know, my answer is, uh, as you'll see, yeah, my cousin's kind of slutty. So <laughs> I introduce him to my slutty cousin, Tony. Yeah, that's me. Um, and Tony is going to be a girl in this, but um, it is not uncommon. Hey, if he's going to ask if I know other kids that he can be involved with sexually, then I'm going to oblige him and, and offer him someone that I know will will help him out in that way as well. Right. Um, so 
I am here to be of service. I was actually, I had taken my kids to the movies this day. Um, I remember this very specifically, and we're sitting there waiting for the movie to start when I get this question about, do you know any slutty ones? Um, and, <laughs> and he keeps pushing me for girls that he can can join in with. And so I said, all right, I'm calling Tony. So I called Tony <laughs> on the phone and said, hey, my, my predator's asking for um, a slutty girl do you want to be my slutty girl cousin? And he said, of course. So I made the introduction. And here's here's us yeah, making the introduction. We're on the 2nd of March. Um, oops. Oh, we got to go back one. There we go. 2nd of March, uh, he asked about kick and whatnot. Um, I've sort of blurred out the name, obviously, because uh, some of these are profiles that are still in operation. And so um, essentially you know, he just ends up giving her, giving Rob my phone number, which is fine. You know? And so I, I had made the introduction. Um, when we make that introduction, of course, he doesn't know that we're, I know, I mean, he thinks we're cousins, but he doesn't think we're telling each other what's going on. That's one thing that I was specific about. Don't tell her that I, that, you know, what we're talking about. Um, so Tony and I kind of start comparing notes at this point. You can see it's Saturday, March 2nd of 2019 at this point when I make the introduction for Tony to start talking. So now we're going to go from my chats here in a few minutes to Tony's chats and you'll start to see, but these are some of the things we're doing on the back end. We start doing legal process to find out who this predator is. Um, and Rob was positively identified with this subpoena. Um, and then there are actually now because of this meetup or because of this joint introduction, we have two active and ongoing criminal investigations between our two agencies. Um, and so of course, one thing while Tony's talking to him as my slutty cousin, I start going out to try and gather intelligence about who this offender is. Um, and you'll remember in the picture where he had the motorcycle in the front and that black SUV in the back. Well, I go out on March 4th and do surveillance on the residents, and I find that he is actually um, living where he says he's living. Um, and I go out and do surveillance on the home, and I confirm that, yes, that is the SUV. And that's um, something to mention as well. I mean, if those of you in here listening that have had, you know, done these kind of cases, you sort of understand. But those of you that don't, um, you know, this is just one more task of surveillance that has to be done because we're trying to put together a pattern of life. Like, when does he come? When does he go? Is there anybody else in the home? Are there kids in the home? Are there any dangers? Because ultimately down the road, we're likely going to be executing a search warrant at this house. And so we want it to be 100% safe for all of us and all of the people that we bring to those. Um, you know, so we try to find out as much as we possibly can. So um, imagine that times four or five, because there's often times where we have five ongoing, you know, <laughs> undercover chat investigations at the same time. And so it can get a little overwhelming, I guess, sometimes it can get, it can get stressful too, because yeah. of the fact that you're talking to this guy who may be moving towards a real meetup while you're also talking to three or four others. But then you've got the sort of like a chess game. You're, you're thinking strategy of like, you don't want to, as Tony has Right now, he's talking to people for a year sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that's a long time to put in after hours work um, only to like cause this guy to think, is this a cop or is this, you know, someone that's going to turn me in or something like that? So we're always cognizant of that. Um, and then you talk about the intelligence gathering, the, the added 
like stress of having to now you're talking to this predator at the same time that you're having to go out and like watch him come and go from the house to make sure there aren't real kids there that's a big safety concern and and we're we're trying to balance all those things while still managing to have a caseload at the office as well um and you'll see that that vehicle there is actually his vehicle and that was the the one that was pictured in the back of the um, picture with the motorcycle there. Um, while he's talking to both of us, he starts planning a meeting with me um, and wants to come over and have a sexual encounter with me as a 13-year-old boy. So he starts talking about when I can sneak out, and he actually sets up a meeting with me as a 13-year-old boy. Um, but he does something that's not all that uncommon with these guys when we're talking about these things. It, uh, sometimes we get stood up. Sometimes yeah. we get... Um, canceled on. Sometimes we get ghosted. Uh, so it's not uncommon for us to see that. But in this case, we actually set up and, and you know, what Tony always says, you know, we we put on our fancy pants and party socks and, and went out to dance and got stood up. So in this case, uh, even after setting up a meeting, I was stood up. And so to, stood up. Tony put this wonderful picture of me, <laughs> stood up again. Must be looking for friends in Alderaan places. Yeah, and and so there's a whole, there's a whole, you know, I don't know what do you call it, a theory, uh, you know, not to downplay anything about Star Wars or Star Trek or anything like that, but there there just seems to be a parallel of sorts between. You know, those sort of people that are fanatics about it. And, um, <laughs> you're offending a whole group of people that love Star Wars. If you're and offended, are not. I apologize, but uh, we see a lot of but a lot of people. Like yeah, that. we got stood up. So that's not uncommon, and it doesn't, like, it's not something that we don't expect. Um, we got stood up by him this time. But I knew, like, hey, he came back and was chatting with me uh, still as a boy. So that's always, of course, like, hey, this is... This is still going. Um, and at the same time that I got stood up, he's still talking to Tony. So Tony took over. Now, he says passing the torch Well, that's because, true. because he started talking. Rob started talking about setting up a meeting with Tony. Right. Um, and Tony is a girl. Tell us about who you are. <laughs> so it begins with me. Now, you'll see right off the bat the communications look different. And obviously, uh, Brandon was uh, busting on me earlier <clears> because – these are in a spreadsheet format and and if you're on the law enforcement side and you're listening then you are probably aware there is a tool that we use that helps us out in these investigations and so for me i'm ocd about my uh, arrangement of my case and so i color code everything pink obviously would be me because i'm portraying a girl i've blurred that image because uh, that's a profile that i still have that's active and then i put my subject in um, in blue so that you can kind of see. And so very quickly, he sends me, you know, a similar picture. Um, maybe was the same. I can't even remember. Uh, looks looks pretty good. But, uh, you know, he doesn't take long to get things moving. Um, so this he, is, yeah, this is just a short time after the introduction's been made. Um, and so at the same time, he's setting up meetings with me, talking to me, standing me up. And we've just introduced my slutty cousin. Now he's also talking to Tony, my slutty cousin, and he goes right into right. sexualized talk. And so I, I get a lot of questions when we when we present in person. You know, I'll, I'll have a hand go up almost invariably when we start showing chat because 
uh, people are like, how the heck? Everything is so misspelled. And um, you can sort of see, you know, I, I present to him that I've, you know, gotten in some trouble before. I got grounded. He, I mean, after all, I, I've come into this as the slutty cousin. So <laughs> that's how the introduction was made. So, you know, I can't come across this guy as though I've, I've never been involved in anything because my own, you know, partner, my cousin outed me as being slutty. So, um, you know, but for what it's worth, that's kind of where we went. So for this, like I just did a little comparison because I'll often tell them, Oh, you look like somebody famous. And so I don't, you're getting to see a little bit of, we do a little bit of, you know, sometimes you're talking to so many people you just make little comments that keep yourself entertained. And so Tony has a, yeah. a little group of comments that he makes during talk with, with predators that we always joke about. And one of them is you look like someone famous. So I didn't know who this was, so I would have never put this together. Yeah. And so did. even at the time, like I didn't, I didn't have a specific person in mind, but as I was getting ready for this presentation, I thought, man, he kind of looks like Foo Fighters, right? Dave Grohl, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, similar. I don't know. I was thinking that. I don't see it. I was kind of on the fence, but it's pretty close. But that's the that's the sort of stupid thing that goes on on the back end, like uh, behind the scenes that we're just, you know, we start making ourselves laugh with some of these things. <laughs> sometimes we say stupid things. Sometimes we say things that just make us, you know, laugh. And, and then they become part of a case and they go down into, yeah. you know, folklore. All right. So initially with uh, Rob G and my female profile, it's just some idle chit chat. You know, we're we're just kind of you know learning about things. But there's invariably the question. <laughs> Dave Grohl is for sure offended right now. Yeah, Allison says. and it's no slight against Dave Grohl. He's yeah, you know, he just happens to look like our guy. Um, and so you know, the big question is, you know, you still a virgin? And uh, you know, I got to make some kind of comment about how my mom would sort of flip out and and whatnot. But you can see right above, you know, sex isn't a big deal, you know, da, da, da. So, again, minimizing a sex act with a child, and he's perfectly okay with it. So, And he knows your age at this point. So He does. It's not like he thinks you're a 19-year-old that he's now talking to about sex. He knows he's talking to two 13-year-olds. If he's this comfortable yeah. having this talk with us, we assume that he has now had plenty of talk with other kids or people who are saying they're kids at least, because generally people who are just talking to a child for the first time, that this is not the talk they're going to have. So yeah, no. this is how comfortable he is with this. Yep. And so, you know, this is just like a little idle chit chat kind of thing going on because that's kind of what we do initially. Um, we move over to the 3rd of March, 2019. And uh, he tells me, Hey, there's always the plan P uh, plan B and so here we are getting now medical advice from, you know, Dr. <laughs> Rob G as he's uh, preparing for what's potentially going to be coming our way. Now, this uh, is not the only time, um, believe me, that we have had our predators suggest, uh, purchase, bring, yeah. send, um, or anything like that, plan B or other things that they are because so what is this telling us uh, and this I mean this is sort of just to let you in on our mindset about these guys as we're talking to them is like he says there's a plan b pill and he's bringing it up I've had other offenders bring go buy it and bring it to their meeting with me as a kid um, 
And so what it's telling us is that this person knows they're going to have unprotected sex with a 13-year-old girl uh, and then give her this medication to make sure she doesn't get pregnant right. so that they don't get caught. So this is not someone who's already looking out for the best interest of the kid. And now they're talking about, like, you know, they're going to come and just well, do from, it without any. From my perspective, it, it also makes me wonder if he's likely done this in the past. You know, had a maybe a kid victim or a high school kid, uh, you know, similar to what we're portraying or almost in high school. Um, and had success because it's it's pretty bold. That's the way I took this, you know, when he's talking about plan B and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like seriously, this yeah. is where we're going. And so, you know, he, <laughs> I, I spared you the rod. I, uh, I, not today, Satan, we're not allowing that to happen, but he sent a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Sent- and that, that, so we have covered up the important part of this picture, but just mm-hmm. so you're aware he sent the full picture. You see everything, buck naked. Yeah. Uh, what you More need to once. know is Tony and I get a lot of pictures like this. Yeah. So uh, as a public service announcement, we do like to tell you people when yeah. we're teaching that, you know, if you're a guy, Don't no one it. wants it. Don't no one it. wants a picture of what that is. So don't unsolicited, it. please don't send your piece. They don't want it. They Even if they say they want it, they don't want to see it. Don't send it. It's, we don't want it, but we get a we get a lot of them. Right. So, from my perspective alone, I'm in this for about seven hours and f- almost fifty minutes. Um, now, I want to make sure everybody understands that's not like seven straight dedicated hours of me chatting. That's the total time spent, and um, you know, it's bits and pieces because, like anybody else, we're kids. We're in school. We're in class. We're with our mom. We're at doing this, we're doing that. And so it's sporadic between that time. But even generally speaking, seven hours and, you know, 50 minutes is not a lot of time for him to get to a point where, you know, he sent his pictures of his junk. So in that time frame, within that seven hour window, there was age references made 24 times. There was 14 times where sex talk was discussed and there were three nude images that were sent to me as a child. So put this into context for a child you might know who's online, unfettered, you know, at night going in the in the bed and you go to sleep and they're on their, you know, their pocket computer like we all have and we all are slave to and they just have unfettered access. These people, these these uh you know, people that have a propensity for young kids this is what's going on. We just document it because we have to for court purposes. And so think of it from the context of your own kid or your own niece, your own nephew, or those, those people that you know, and just how easily they can be exploited and how quickly they can be exploited. And, and we are so tame in our responses, which you would think would might be some sort of flag, I guess, but it's really not. But, there are real kids that are actually sending inappropriate stuff back. And so, you know, we base this off of real cases because we've all worked them. And so that's why we try to, you know, try to do what, what we do. One thing we will, we, we do say this a lot when we're talking to other people about these kind of cases, though. When you're working in this, um, this arena, this field, you sort of get a little bit um, – 
I get what would the word be immunized to the graphic nature or the the shock of it. Yeah. Um, but I've heard people say and desensitizes the word. Someone said this too uh, that. You know, another law enforcement officer told us, like, I'm talking to this predator as a kid, and he just suggested meeting for lunch. And someone said, well, that's not a crime. Think of this, though. If you're outside of this arena, not seeing this all of the time, in what universe is it normal for a 30-year-old person who has never met this 13-year-old kid, they're not a part of their life in any other way, to meet a stranger, a child, a ch- or in what world is it okay for a 13-year-old child to meet a stranger for lunch? That is not normal. No. If you're right. a parent, you're not letting your 13-year-old go to lunch with some 30-year-old stranger they met online, right? So we do have to remember and kind of step back from these things a little bit of t- a little bit of time because sometimes we get a little desensitized to thinking like, well, that's not a crime and it's not. Well, no, no, it's not, but it's not normal. And sometimes no. we need to remember that so that, you know, we put these things into context. So, I, And I don't know why it's normal in their minds <laughs> to think, uh, because, you know, while this guy is older, obviously, 36, 37-ish, um, you know, sometimes we're talking with people that are, you know, 60 and 70 and whatnot, and they're talking about, oh, let's just go to the mall, let's go do this, let's go meet up. And, and I'm thinking, in what world would that be? normal maybe maybe it might be dismissed a little more because it might look like a kid with their grandparent or something like that but um, and that's the danger in it when a when an offender wants to meet or a predator wants to meet a child for some sort of innocent meeting that's not mm-hmm. sexualized in their in what they're saying at least they think like the likelihood of getting caught is less if they can make it look normal that's a grooming behavior as well okay so some more chat continues, talks about sending pics and wanting me to send pics. He wants to see that virgin kitty, a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, oral stuff, you know. But this is one right here. This is interesting. Like, take it sucking on one finger. So he wants you to take a picture sucking on your finger. Yeah, now let me, let me throw that out there for just a quick second. And so I told you in the beginning, you know, we have a lot of rules and guidelines that we follow, one of which is the distribution of photographs. And number one, we cannot and would not and would never send photos that are inappropriate, nude. We're never doing that, ever. And so what we have to do is our guidelines have broadened considerably from when I started in ICAC, uh, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, and then to today's time frame of how we do things. So we have a larger umbrella of who we can use for photos and things like that. And so um, when we get asked for, this is what we call a proof picture, um, take a picture of you sucking on your finger. Like, holy smokes. Like not only is it an awkward conversation to have with someone within your agency that falls within the guidelines that we're allowed to use, um, you know, once they sign consent forms and things like that, but it's, uh, it's, that's an awkward conversation with somebody like, Hey, I'd like to use pictures of you and you were, you know, 12 and 13. Are you cool with that? And by the way, guys are going to be online probably masturbating to those pictures. Are you okay with that? And so that alone is an awkward conversation, let alone now I have to go to this person and say, Hey, (laughs) could you you possibly (laughs) send me a photo, you know, sucking on one finger? Um, but the conversations are had, and I can assure you, I had this conversation. I got the photo, and I did send the proof photo. 
And sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it'll be a phone call. Um, and so we make those arrangements and whatnot. So uh, you see in green up there, it's, uh, I ask, are you a serial killer? And he says, no, I'm not. And that's one of my, you know, pretty standard answers. I've asked probably 10,000 different offenders uh, across the globe that very same question. And why? I don't, I don't know. Sometimes it's just for pure entertainment for me. But anyhow, um, there's definitely a theme going on, right? That this guy wants to do things in my virgin kitty. And so I thought my bitmoji of my cat meowing. Would <laughs> these are the, uh, these are the things that he sends to me when he texts yeah. me too, like these random like yeah. bitmoji. So, you know, this is, yeah. this is just his thing. This is me in real life. So, okay. March 3rd at this point in, and remember, I think I started talking to him on the second uh, or from the between the third and the eighth, basically, we had 36 different solicitations for sex with a child, 48 different references to age, and that was only within six days. And so, you know, that's a lot. That's a bunch. And I know some of you are probably wondering, like, well, how do you know it's exactly 48? Well, the reason is because I counted. And uh, <laughs> so I go through my chats. Probably, I know Brandon doesn't prepare his to that <laughs> level. Um, I'm just OCD about it because I just did it from the beginning. And so I've always done it that way. And so I go through and I mark each one, whatever's a solicitation, whatever's a reference, whatever's an opportunity to disengage uh, is what I make. But six days, six days of total chat. So we're looking at a couple weeks in total where he's got two kids that he's talking in sexualized ways with sexual solicitations and plans to meet two different kids. Yeah, two different cities, two different, I guess, jurisdictions, or, yeah. or maybe yours is border from where you're at. But but then uh, look what happens. Life happens, right? I'm on vacation. I literally go on vacation, spring break or something with my kid somewhere. And uh, so I don't talk to him at all. So from the context of thinking it through as a adult person um, on the cusp of getting caught going to prison for wanting to have sex with a child or having sex with a child, maybe producing inappropriate imagery or videos like legal. Yeah. Illegal. And I mean, just like totally screwing your life and you have this opportunity, this window opens this seven day period where there's nothing going on. Now he's probably talking with Brandon at the time, but for me, nothing going on. Perfect opportunity for him to think, have a little moment of clarity, right? Oh, maybe I shouldn't do this illegal act. But um, it looks good later, too. So, like, when he does, or if he does, let's just say from, we don't know how this ends, if he does come and meet a child for sex or who he thinks is a child, it looks considerably better that seven days was given where we didn't talk at all. Like, we gave this opportunity for him to say, I'm not doing that. That's not that's not smart. And this is, this is wrong. Uh, and that's not what happened, of course. So of course it, it does look better from even just from our end, we're not making him do this. Um, and you all know that, but sometimes those arguments are raised that we're, that we're making them. Let me, um, let me just address this question that came up, um, in the comments. Somebody had asked about if they missed it, where we get those photos from. Uh, essentially we are allowed within our standards to utilize any adult person with their consent uh, to use photographs as long as they're in the law enforcement umbrella. 
and that's been expanded considerably to help us. So, and so that in itself, it's getting a little easier, I think. Uh, maybe Brandon will agree. Like as as these uh, young pups come into law enforcement now uh, versus the dinosaurs like me, um, you know, we didn't have the luxury of the uh, handheld phone with uh, selfies and all that when I came in. So, I And Nicole that. wants to know if he reached out while you were on vacation. He was talking to me. He, uh, he was talking to Brandon, but he did not reach out to me at all. Now, out of... Mainly uh, because Tony would ignore him. Yeah. Well, one, I think uh, I think I was actually in the Bahamas, so he wouldn't have had any luck anyway. But I did tell him that I was going on vacation. So um, uh, where are we going? Okay. So now March 19th, I'm back from vacation. Um, now, three days of chat only from the 19th to the 21st. Look at the number of sexual solicitations and the age references and the opportunities to get out of this. 16 different opportunities. This is just over a three-day period. And so things are escalating. And this is what I would I would say. Like, he's reaching a point where he's like, you know what? My toes are hanging off the ledge. I'm just about to jump. Like, I'm, I'm right there. And so my, uh, my Bitmoji life is on point. I, I have them for everything. So we use these. We, I, I we like do them. use them a lot. <laughs> um, All right. So I, I've been able to now show you a glimpse of what it looks like. Uh, you, this is through a law enforcement tool I will not name. Um, if you're law enforcement and want to know about it, hit us up in the comments and leave us your email, and we'll be happy to discuss with you how we do this. Someone but, asked if he was talking to other children at the same time he was talking to us. He was talking to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, nothing we could find said that he was talking to other actual kids or that we just couldn't identify them. So, yeah. And so most times we don't find out about that until obviously after the fact and we do forensics and whatnot. Um, but again, and you know, you can see the graphic nature of where he's going. Um, you know, I just basically tell him like, I'm not, I'm not sending you the kind of stuff that you want. But he's already asking. So he's asked me and about making nude um, videos and things. Now he's asking Tony's um, profile for nude. He says, you know, we'll make a show me your um, your yes, your vaginal area (laughs) and I'll make you a video stroking my (laughs) genital area. (laughs) That was dumb. (laughs) Trying to make it not so bad. Uh, but here we are. A lot yeah. of guys are like that. You need to be very careful with them. <laughs> yeah, that's very nice. And that's not uncommon. We'll have these uh, predatory types who we're talking to who are like, listen, there's a lot of freaks out here. There's a lot of weirdos. And so you should never talk to any of them. You should only talk to me because I'm safe. I would never hurt you. I would blah, 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 blah. And uh, but with Rob G, you know, he's he's pretty hypersexualized. And so he goes right back into his sexual stuff and, you know, how he wants to, you know, do these oral things and whatnot. So, but yes, that is not uncommon. Um, We get told a lot of how we only need to talk to, you know, usually one predator selling, don't talk to anyone else because there are a lot of dangerous people. Uh, So you'll hear. But a very noble guy, right? He's, uh, you know, you're going to see bad guys, but I'm one of the good ones. And so here we go. Um, we're talking about a meeting, you know, in real life and where are going to pick me up and all these kind of things. And then here at the bottom, he says, well, you want to do this on Friday, like 11 o'clock. Okay. So what, what those of you in non-law enforcement 
maybe are not aware of, and, and Brandon alluded to this already, but everybody gets their fancy pants and party socks on to get all dressed up for the dance. And it's a big thing. Like, you know, we don't just go out uh, with two people. Like we go out with a team of people and a covert people and surveillance people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a big, big deal. So, um, and, and in this case, it's a joint operation. So, Because he's coming to meet Tony's profile doesn't mean that, oh, I just say, you know, thanks for getting him. I come out because we're adding our charges for his for his communications with me as well. And so we're all bringing different people from the agencies Um, and we're all going to be involved because now there are multiple jurisdictions. So, yep, for sure. All right, the 22nd, (laughs) right? This is the big day. We're all sitting there praying, please, please, please show up, please show up. And does he? March 22nd, 2019. It's a Friday. Uh, yes, he does decide to talk to us about showing Right. Up. So here we are, the 22nd. Um, you know, what he doesn't know is that, you know, I've got 50 cops <laughs> scattered around the city. Uh, I tell him, hey, I'm getting ready. He's like, I'm coming in probably still around 11 and I'm eh, maybe a little earlier. It takes him an hour to drive, which is pretty accurate. Maybe a little bit longer, actually. Um, We always wonder uh, because I've seen in the past, we've had some guys do counter surveillance on us. You know, they are already in the area and it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm fixing to head your way and blah, blah, blah. And so if you're on the law enforcement side and you're doing these cases, think of that. You can't have 50 cops and covert people pulling up into a scene and setting up and staging and not be cognizant that your bad guy could already be there. And so uh, that's just something to think about. Um, And again, so now he's like, okay, worried about my mom, right? She's not going to be home, right? I'm like, nah, she's good, man. And so I give him instructions on where to go and where to park. So he's not thinking about, is this okay that I'm going to have sex with a kid? It's I just don't want to get caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's career dissipation light. All right. We have to do a little, um, I tell him where to go. I tell him where to park. Uh, close so to the we're gas now station. meeting at um, Tony's place and this is our arrest video. Can you see this way? Oh, he's right there. Okay. We've got him in front of the mailboxes. He just pulled in and parked in front of that building 713. Alright, y'all start moving in. She's, uh, you're gonna see the Bronco just get your way in there. Hold. Did he get out? Is that him, Brandon? Can't see him from here. I don't have a good eye on that angle. Um, he's still got brake lights on, so. Okay. There, they're getting out on now. You want me to do that so you can go? Yeah, make your comments you need to. Okay, so we will uh, we'll get back to our presentation, but um, basically, what we're showing we're documenting that he's showing up. Um, we're documenting um, a lot of the corroborative, you know, data about his about his um, car that he sent us and things like that. So 
Okay. So from my perspective, my investigation alone, again, uh, 113 hours, 27 minutes, 18 seconds. You know, I would often say it's time I'm never getting back, uh, scarred for life kind of thing. But, and so that is something to be, you know, this, this presentation, and we should have said this at the beginning, this is obviously not to certify anyone in how to do these operations. Oh yeah, no, no, um, no, There no. are other things for that, but this is to show you if you're going to do these or if you're already doing these, you probably know this, but, but for those of that are listening about these operations and they, you know, they, they seem like all fun and, you know, you're taking a bad guy. That is the benefit to this, but it is a lot of time away from your own family, your own work, your own, you know, wife and kids and, and significant others to talk to a predator, um, for ultimately the best purpose. You're putting a bad guy, um, out of the, ability to harm a kid but that's 113 hours just by tony talking to this one individual not talking about the other you know three or four that he's talking to at the same time yeah and so uh just to make everybody aware like there's a lot of good questions that are popping up in the questions uh box and we are going to get to every one of those so just bear with us we want to kind of just kind of go through the last half of things and as you can imagine when we uh, make an arrest like this, we, you know, take them to the station, we process them. And uh, and obviously this guy was Mirandized and waived his rights, agreeing to speak. And I mean, it's pretty clear as he, his initial statement is, man, I fucked up. And um, we always, we always say when we're teaching others about how to do this, the real work starts when the arrest is made. Right. Because. Um, or it should. Or it should start. <laughs> but what we see is like this this guy is talking to what he thinks is a kid. We are not a real kid. So, I mean, that sounds stupid to say, but that's the case. So if we just say, all right, we got him, let's package it up, send it off to court and go on to the next thing, then we've done a great disservice to the kids we are trying to protect. Because as you can well imagine, if you're seeing how he's talking to us you can only imagine the real kids he's talking to in the same way. How many kids has he met in real life? Those kind of things. So this is where the work starts. We have to document. We get search warrants for the house. We get search warrants for the for the car. We now start digging through his devices to figure out where are the real kids that he's talking to. Not just to charge him with, but also because it we need to go get them out of those circumstances and try and get them um, the help they need for from therapy and, and counseling and things like that. Make sure that they're not being exploited by someone else and, right. and that they're not being put out there to to be a victim again. Yeah. And in, and as Brandon mentioned, like in, in my experience, a lot of agencies, you know, it's a high five. It's a case is filed. We're able to do this. And then that's it. Like there's no follow up. There's no, there's nothing that goes beyond. And, uh, and it's so important. It's so important because what we really could have is a real kid out there that's, you know, and we do often, and often we have we do, yeah. arrested one of these guys talking to us. And then when we are digging through their, their devices, we do find the hundreds or maybe even thousands. We've seen times where yeah. there are 5,000 victims um, that these offenders have. And then it's our job to now try to at least make an, every effort we can to identify those kids, um, get them help stop them from being yep. victimized further. So one of the things we do afterwards is an interview. Um, and Tony and I, since we did this as a joint investigation, um, both interviewed him 
Um, and to our great delight, he was very honest with us. Yeah, very forthcoming. Um, he did have, he is married. He had kids. Um, uh, and I think had had other sexual partners, I think, that his wife knew about. But yeah, it was not- a weird sort of one of those open sort of things going on. But uh, nonetheless, I, I think I want to mention just the sake of, you know, the audience understanding, like, like the the part of these cases that that suck is when you learn about the families, when you learn about, um, you know, that they have kids and they uh, it's just, it's terrible. It's just horrible because it just fractures families and you feel so bad, you know, for the spouses and for their own kids and for what they're going through. And as we were getting ready for this uh, presentation, I was going to include a jail call that he made to his wife. And then I thought, well, that's really not very fair to her. Uh, But the reason I wanted to share it is I, I think it conveys what everybody would imagine if you got that phone call or if somebody you know, you know, got a phone call like that from their spouse who had just been arrested for trying to have sex with two kids. Uh, it was just, it's kind of this gut wrenching. It's a tough conversation. Yeah. It's just, it's just horrible. But Because I mean, most of the time we have had um, cases where, the significant other or the wife or the girlfriend or the partner or whatever um, does know or is a part of it. But for the most part, the families don't know. Um, right. But so you, the important part of the interview is he admitted to the, the graphic sexual conversations with Tony's profile. He admitted to the same things with mine. Um, he admitted to asking for photos from Tony, um, sending pornography, adult pornography to me. He arranged the meeting with me. He obviously was there for, this meeting with Tony. Um, and then as is common with this, with this, um, offense type, he had and admitted to, um, receiving child sexual abuse material through kick and other groups. Um, and that he had some on his phone admitting that he, the child sexual abuse material he had ranged from five or six years old to older. Yeah. And so, you know, that brings into context lots of things. If we find out an offender has, imagery or child sex abuse material that falls into those age categories. It questions a lot of things like Forrest where we find out about his own kids, how old are his own kids and do those kids now need to be, you know, forensically interviewed and brought into that process. And, and his, and, it's a, and it's every a time an offender has children of their own, we are sending CPS. We are doing forensics or screenings, at least forensic interviews. Um, Tony and I are both forensic examiners, so we do um, look through all of the electronic devices ourselves. Um, so thankfully we have, and you'll see her name, a, a, a really great friend, um, an awesome special agent um, in a federal agency, and she helped us take this case for us. Um, and she indicted him federally as, um, he attempted enticement of a minor for my profile, attempted enticement and attempted production of child pornography, um, for Tony's profile. Well, just to clarify, so people understand the attempted, uh, enticement, it's an attempted account because we're not real kids. Yeah. <laughs> so had a real kid been involved, it would have, there would not be the attempted. Yeah. It would just be enticement or production or whatever. And then the transportation of child pornography is that um, he was sending as well. Yep. 
And then, uh, as you can see, he was indicted and um, arrested, and he actually pled to one of the counts of the attempted production and was sentenced in federal prison yep. to 15 years of federal prison. In fact, that's true. Yeah. So um, we kind of sped up towards the end so that we could leave a little bit of question and answer time. Uh, we want to make sure we answer. We have a lot of questions coming in, so we want to answer a lot of these. Uh, but I'm going to leave up here our emails. If you have a question that you like, if you're asking for tools or guidance on how to do these things, reach out to us, um, put both of our emails in, uh, in the same email so that we can both respond to you. Um, uh, and we'd be glad to share our advice. We, we do, you know, try and give the best advice we can. So let's talk about, um, but we'll go on to, do you ever deal with women offenders? That's a, that's, that's a, it's actually rarer. It is rarer, rarer. That's a but, word. Yeah. yeah that's a but word. we do have women offenders. Yep. Um, I have a couple cases right now that have female offenders involved. Most of the time, uh, it's not just a female offender. A lot of times we see um, that, that they're usually partnered with a male offender in, in these kind of cases. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, know. Well, There's I've been had, one that you've had. Yeah, right? I've had, I had one just straight up female offender that uh, flew here from another state to uh, engage in activities with a real kid, unfortunately, until we figured out who she was. And uh, yeah. I've done a previous case study on that, but it's definitely, I've had three female cases. That one was by far the worst. So uh, let's talk about um, how do officers prepare to approach like that. Now, in that case, the video doesn't show there were a lot of officers approaching and they approached in a safe manner. So, um, but some of what we do does carry risk. Yeah. Um, let's see. What other apps do predators use? Um, I, <laughs> all of them. All of them. Uh, that's we're very cautious about not saying this app or this app is worse than another because, quite honestly, and when we teach, we teach internet safety and online safety to parents and and organizations. And one of the things that we see a lot is any app that allows communication between any kid and anyone else is a place where we see offenders. It's just like it used to be when, when we're talking about hands-on offenses. Predators go where kids are. So they're at parks, they're at swimming pools, they're at amusement parks, they're at churches and schools and and you know family gatherings and all that stuff. Well, the same is true online. If the kid can be talked to or communicated with, um, they're going to be there. Online gaming seems to be a big, big yeah. place for that because a lot of times kids throw on their headphones with a little microphone um, and they're talking to people on these games and parents don't even know what's going on on the backside. So that's the truth. Uh, there was a question in here that said, look like his car was registered in Bandera County. Yes, that's true because uh, that's where his spouse and kids lived. He commuted. Uh, so he worked like during the week, you know, at the airplane place. And then he on the weekends would go home. Do most of these offenders also abuse their own children as well? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, not always. Um, that's not, it's, you know, of course, everything is case by case, and it's not always, you know, one or the other. Um, but, yes, people are mentioning and they're asking about apps. Um, there are a lot of resources out there that we could recommend, and I don't know, Lana may want to mention specific websites or resources. I don't know if we need to, but um, we've got websites that we we typically you can reach out to us or look on our website and we can certainly tell you who 
what apps are common. Um, pretty much, though, if there's an app out that is designed for kids, there are there, going to be bad guys on, on there. And we have worked cases on a lot of those apps. Uh, Monique asked a good question. She said, uh, how much of the sentence uh, sentence time does the offender actually serve? And so that is a depends. Depends if it's a state case versus a federal case. If it's a federal case, which is probably 95%-ish of what we file, uh, Brandon's a, you know, tied to a task force with FBI. Um, and I was previously tied to an HSI task force. Uh, but we, you know, we work with them all basically. Uh, but to answer the question is they serve about 85% of their time. So from a federal charge. And so that's a good hit, you know, 15 years or, you know, somebody I've had some got 30 years. Uh, they're serving a good, good, good chunk of that. Now the state side, not so much. Um, you know, they're going to do some time, but then they're going to get yeah. acclimated back into society. They're going to be paroled for a period of time. Um, again, it all comes with m- most often lifetime registration as a sex offender, which is another way to sort of monitor and keep up with things. Um, you know, yeah. as, as two city cops that uh, are only – normalized into state cases it was a it was a big difference for us to go federal and how the federal process works um i for one i'm a big fan of it so yeah uh, that's why i choose to file most things federally uh there are a couple of really good questions in here first of all lana did mention the national center for missing and exploited children has um great resources and they have or um, educational tools for kids we love those. Um, we can't, like I said earlier, we can't speak highly enough about NECMIC. They're great. They just do amazing work. So check them out. Um, one of the questions they asked, uh, someone asked was, do you think prevention programs help with parents and kids? The majority of parents and kids are, you're trying to reach don't want to hear sometimes or just don't care. What can we do? Um, we've had a lot of communication. First of all, we uh, or a lot of conversation about this very um, question. We've, we, we try to do trainings. We try to do educational, um, presentations to schools and organizations, like we said earlier, but one of the things, and I just, just taught some college level kids. And one of the questions I asked was like, how do you think we can help reach kids better? Uh, and one of the things we've been talking about is trying to come up with ways for kids to peer help and educate other peers Um, because what we've seen is the the kids tend to listen to other kids more than they listen to a parent or a cop Um, but i will say statistically we've seen like it i think we see that they do listen to parents more than they'll listen to police officers so keep talking to your kids we tell parents all the time have these talks with your kids early age appropriate um, have them often don't have the one talk about stranger danger and then hope for the best. Yeah. That is not. Yeah. You really have to be super strategy. intentional. Um, you know, you, you have to be very super intentional with these conversations. One of the questions that's in the, in the group was about um, tips or suggestions on keeping kids off the apps. And I'm a huge fan of uh, parental monitoring software. Yep. And so uh, go search it out. Um, you know, i I'll give them a plug, even though, you know, we don't work for them. We don't get paid for them, but safe lagoon is a really good one and something that you might want to take a look at. We hope you're enjoying kind of this new format. It won't be a regular thing, but occasionally if we teach a live thing, we hope to share some of the things that we say to those, um, 
professionals that we work around and with. So if you have any questions, write in. Uh, As always, our resource page can be found at www.catfishcops.com forward slash resources, or just go to the page and click on resources. And we've added our safe surfing stuff. We have some really cool guests coming in the next um, couple months, and then we'll have more case studies for you. So enjoy enjoy this and uh, tell us what you think. Talk to you soon.